My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's show, we will talk about some Panthers news. Some new Panthers and some Panthers that are no longer Panthers. Uh, we will also do a fun segment where we actually had a special guest for the first time uh, on the Panther or the Meow Mix podcast. Uh, we went through and talked about the greatest individual Panthers seasons of all time. We sort of put them into a team Um and that was a fun exercise, so I'm excited for you guys to hear that. Before we get started today, I uh, wanted to just express our feelings on the Black Lives Matter protests, the movement. Obviously, we can't really do something where we speak to you know, potentially the world without saying something about the biggest movement maybe in the history of, of our country, um, certainly in the last hundred years or so. Um, we... I know I can speak for Jerry when I say that we are both 100% behind the protesters the uh, against police brutality, against systemic institutional racism. Um, personally, I know I've learned a lot over the last couple of weeks, uh, certainly over the last week, you know, with all the protests happening. I've listened to a lot. I've talked to a lot of folks. And, you know, things have to change. Um, so I'm ready to listen, ready to help ready to talk about it, um, but certainly stand with them. Jerry, your thoughts? Well, if you know me, uh, it is personal to me. My wife and my daughter are both black. Uh, I hope my daughter doesn't have to be raised where she's fearful of getting pulled over, making sure she follows everything to a T. Otherwise, you know, death could happen. Uh, I'm not saying all cops are bad. I know plenty of cops that are good and everything else. But there does seem to be an issue where there's a lot of bad police officers, bad training, and then their brothers, the other police officers, are covering it up. And it seems to be a serious issue. And that's what the protests are for. Not the looting or anything else. And we 100% stand behind that. I... I, I'm struggling to put everything into my words. Uh, I have not had to deal with the things my wife has done or, you know, being the black males out there. I've never had to deal with that. I am a Mexican-American that looks completely white as snow, so I wouldn't have, you know, I don't get fearful when I get pulled over it, and or passing a police officer that, automatically would assume that I stole something out of a store. I don't know that feeling, and I, I feel for those who you know have to feel that way. Yeah, it's uh, something has to change. Police officers, of course, as you said, they're not all bad. We know that. Uh, and the bad apples are terrible. They're just awful human beings that deserve to be held accountable for their actions. Um, the Above the law, you know, cops are not above the law. They should not be above the law. They should have to, you know, obey the law just like everyone else, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, assault and murder, things of that nature. So, um, again, and other police officers need to call them out when they yeah. see it happening. Do, they your, need to, do your job. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So we are one hundred percent behind you, um, and we're ready to you know usher in a new age uh, where you know we'll c- continue on this path of hopefully you know everyone being equal and judge a person by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. That's something that I've you know that's one of Martin Luther King's and you know I maybe paraphrase it a bit, but that's one of the things that I look to him and try to do every day in my own life. You know, Jerry and I worked together for a while in a very diverse uh, department where, you know, we were the minority, honestly, in that department. And at that, I mean, I learned a lot about culture and, uh, you know, how to treat people, how people want to be treated, um, regardless of who they are and where they came from. You know, we're all in this together. So um, we should all treat each other with respect and Love. Let's move on to some Panthers news. The Panthers signed, uh, as soon as we finished with our podcast last week, uh, where we talked about the secondary being a major need for the Panthers and, you know, who who could we potentially sign? Jerry, you mentioned Eli Apple on that podcast. You could just refer to me as Notre Dame. <laughs> and we signed Eli Apple, uh, literally hours after finished recording that podcast, so... Welcome to the Panthers, Eli Apple. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Uh, He is exactly, like I said, what Matt Rule was looking for, or has seemed to be signing young, athletic guys who have upside. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen a lot of sort of, oh, God, Eli Apple's not even going to be on the team in two years, blah, blah, blah. He's sucked everywhere he's been. Uh, And, you know, he has not been great. He did have a pretty good half season with the Saints, uh, when he got there last season, wasn't quite as good, but he has a lot of talent. And you know, if he's only 25 years old, if he can unlock that talent with the Panthers, we're paying him three million dollars for one year. He immediately becomes probably the best corner on the team. Yeah, it, this is a prove it deal. And those yeah. who are upset about this, do they really want to see Cornelder to start? I mean, <laughs> have you seen? Yeah. Go to YouTube, watch Cornelder highlight reels. It's 20 seconds long. And it's him trotting out to the field. <laughs> yeah, it's the one time they didn't fall flat on his face when he was trotting out to the field. That's, <laughs> the, that's the, the best thing he's done as a Panther. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to see Cornelder out there starting against Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, you know, Mike Evans. It's just not going to happen. Eli Apple's very young. I, he started in this league multiple years. Give him a chance. Let's see if he can become what the Giants originally drafted him for. Yeah, top 10 draft pick. Yeah. It, people are so quick to hate on everything this organization does right now. And let's now, remember, like, this organization, this is Matt Rule's first season. We got rid of a lot of our high-profile, high-priced agents, uh, free agents, and cornerstones of the team. Like, let's have realistic expectations for this season, guys. Like, adding Eli Apple is not going to cost us the Super Bowl. No. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> if we scratch seven, eight wins, oh, man, that, there should almost be a parade for that team. Matt Rule, coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And let's let's logically think about this. What happens if he has a great year as a number one? This NFC South is loaded with top-tier wide receivers. Mike Evans, Julio Jones. 
I mean, just the list goes on here. I Mike Michael Thomas. How did that name slip my mind? I yeah. mean, probably because I, I just said all three of those names like a minute ago. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about <laughs> so what I, I was saying. Don't Sorry. know how it could slip your mind. But he's going to be facing off those guys, and if he does a good job, we're going to have the cap space to sign him to a long-term deal if he looks good, and he's still probably not going to be top-tier money at that point. Yeah, I see there's zero downside to this. Uh, you know, even if we cut him, it costs us nothing in the grand scheme of things. You know, he's yeah. really cheap, he's really young, and he's got a lot to prove. So, uh, and if he sucks, then he's gone. No big deal, you know. Uh, so, you know, welcome to the team. Now, in order to make space for Eli Apple, the Panthers did have to cut someone at another position of need. Uh, Seth the Valve, tight end, uh, was cut for a non-football injury. I haven't seen any other information about exactly what's going on with him, but uh, I guess we had to cut somebody to bring in Eli Apple. So, Yeah, I, he was a guy that he brought in to maybe be that third tight end or maybe kind of push Chris Manhurts. It, it wasn't, he was not there to be a stud. It does save it. We signed him for $1.1 million, uh, one-year deal, and then he goes and gets injured in the offseason. Not sure what that injury, like you said, was, but bad timing for him, I guess. Could just be, you know, he tweaked his back or something. I mean, who knows what they came up with to cut him and probably save some money. But, um, yeah, tight end is a position that, you know, I was hoping we would address either in free agency or at the draft. We obviously really didn't do much of either. Um, he was the guy that we brought in from free agency, but obviously not going to be the guy. So goodbye, Seth. Hello, Eli. Um, any other Panthers news or um, anything going on that you want to talk about before we jump into our next segment? No, not really. Uh, Matt Rule had a nice little interview on Around the NFL podcast. That's a nice little check out if you want to. He talks about how he you know, really like Teddy Bridgewater and that he used to watch him from afar and he, Teddy Bridgewater destroyed his temple team and he kind of kept an eye on him and stuff. It was kind of good and just talked about how his leadership really kind of stood out for him. It wasn't necessarily his arm. It was more, you know, when he was doing the uh, pro, pro camps, you know, he would go down and like, you know, talk to the wide receivers and talk to Matt Rule and stuff. He said he had the ultimate respect for him. Yeah, um, I have downloaded that and I have not listened to it yet, but uh, I have seen some people talking about it, and apparently Matt Rule comported himself pretty well on that podcast, and uh, and they seem to enjoy that conversation. So check that out. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be a tripod instead of a two-pod bipod bipod (laughs) (laughs) whatever um so we will be back in a a shake of a lamb's tail i guess (laughs) two jiggles of a jackrabbit's ass all right be right back welcome back to the podcast Today, it's a special, very special episode of Meow Mix. We have, for the very first time, a special guest. Woo! So guest. You don't, have to, you don't 
You don't have to hear only me and Jerry prattle on about useless and boring things. We have David from the Sports Talk Garage podcast on the line with us. David, welcome. How's it going? Hey, thank you for having me on. I'm happy to join and talk about some Panther football. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, give us a, a little brief kind of overview of the podcast and what you guys talk about, uh, a little bit about you. Sure. So I'm with the Sports Talk Garage podcast. We are also based out of the Charlotte area. We cover mainly the big four American sports, basketball, football, baseball, and hockey, professionally and collegiately. Uh, most of our time is spent on basketball and football, but we do dabble in other areas when big news comes. So we follow the sports calendar, look at big events coming up. It's been a little interesting lately without actual live sports. We've been mm-hmm. happy to have some guests on who have been, you know, things a little fun, but yeah, I'm happy to join and talk about a local hometown team that I'm a fan of tonight. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, for everybody out there, take a listen to the podcast. They've had uh, recently Mick Mixkin, the uh, radio voice of the Panthers on, and that was an awesome interview. Learned a lot about Mick and kind of where he came from and uh, a little bit about the Panthers as well. So very cool. Take a listen. Um and right now, you might be wondering why we have David on the podcast. So we are going to do sort of a round robin here of the greatest Panthers of all time. Jerry, we received this suggestion as an email. Uh, it's probably been several months now. But just kind of give us an overview of exactly what it is we're doing here. <laughs> several months. Uh, January, he actually sent in. Brian, uh, thank you for sending this in. He didn't say the best of. Uh, he said, hey, fellas, I'd be interested to hear what fantasy team you could put together picking the best Panther players at position regardless of years. And he kind of gave an example of 2015 Cam Newton, 2019 Cam CMC. And we kind of developed that into the ultimate roster depending on the year. So it doesn't necessarily have to be strictly numbers. And with this, we kind of went with one quarterback, two running backs, Two wide receivers, a tight end, one O-line. Can't forget those hog mollies. <laughs> Two defensive ends, one defensive tackle, one cornerback, one middle linebacker, one outside linebacker, one safety, one kicker, one punter. And lastly, because Steven wanted it so bad, one special teamer. Yeah, I had to find some way to get Colin <laughs> Jones in the conversation here. I thought you were going to go to slot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joey Sly doesn't even count as a kicker. He's just full special teams. Um, yeah, we wanted to do like not not narrow it down so much to fantasy because then it's, there's really no discussion, right? You're just looking at numbers. Um, so even though a lot of these will probably will be the best uh, fantasy seasons of all time, uh, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. But um, so I'll, I'll kick it off here and we'll just kind of go around. We'll start at quarterback. Uh, I think this one's kind of easy. Although I think there is one other possibility here, but 2015 Cam Newton, you know, 38, 37 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 10 rushing touchdowns, along with a, a, over 600 rushing yards, 15 and one record, and we went to the Super Bowl. If you guys have any other options, I'd be interested to hear them. But I think that's the one. I think you pretty much uh, covered it there. Yeah. Not much else Did you say 636 that. yards on the ground and 10 touchdowns? I did. Yeah. Okay. Then just yeah. <laughs> there there was no real question in this. League MVP that year, he dominated. 
yeah, it was amazing. One quick little piece of trivia for you guys, and maybe you found this in your research, but there's only one other Panthers QB who has thrown for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in a season. Do you guys know who it is? Could we go with Chris Winkie? Is that right? (laughs) I was going to say Steve Berline. (laughs) Jerry, yes. Steve Berline. (laughs) Steve Berline, yeah. He had uh, 36 touchdowns, the uh, most passing touchdowns in uh, Panthers history in a season. 36, 15 interceptions that year. So I think it was 99. Um, Yeah, kind of just shows you, you know, it's, it's tough to get a great quarterback. Really tough. It really is. All right, let's move to RB1. David, what you got? Uh, so I'm really torn between this one. Obviously, last year, Christian McCaffrey tore it up, both running, passing. He could have been an MVP candidate. But I'm actually going you know, to 2009 Jonathan Stewart. He was amazing. He was part of that double-treble team. But I don't know how you can go with anybody besides Jonathan Stewart, 2009. McCaffrey, as good as he is, still has a little room to grow and develop and He's going to surpass him at some point. I'm going with Jaysu. Jerry? Uh, I went Christian McCaffrey. I, I went the <laughs> obvious route. I went 13, 1,387 yards rushing, 15 touchdowns on the ground, added 116 receptions, 1,005 yards on the receiving with four touchdowns. I mean, that was just that's just a year. Yeah, I did the same. Uh, historic year for Christian McCaffrey, one of only three players with a thousand thousand season. Um, uh, you know, all props to Jay Stu, but uh, McCaffrey is the man. All right, so let's move on to running back two. Now you had Jonathan Stewart from two thousand and what was it? Nine. Two thousand and nine. See, the year before. I'm going D'Angelo Williams here for my running okay. back to 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns on the ground. That is a heck of a year. That's a great fantasy season, mm-hmm. and, and I definitely looked at that. Uh, I went a different direction. I went 2003 Stephen Davis, 1,444 I- yards, eight touchdowns, uh, had over 1,600 total yards, and we went to the Super Bowl. So I'm you're going to notice in some of mine that I'm – I'm going with Super Bowl guys, guys that are on Super Bowl teams. Um, but that, you know, Stephen Davis, second most uh, rushing yards in a single season for the Panthers ever. Uh, deserves some props. No, he yeah. really does. He was actually my debate before my running back, too. But the 18 touchdowns D'Angelo had kind of tipped it yeah, in that that's his beastly. way. That's yeah. beastly. You got David. Yeah, so I'm actually just going to go with Christian McCaffrey from last year. I mean, I was really, it's really bad to go that way, but he was in debate for number one for me. And I love D'Angelo Williams. He was a wonderful athlete in his time here, but Christian McCaffrey last year was just on another level. And it's probably one of the best statistical seasons any running back's ever going to have. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Uh, all right, well, let's move to wide receiver. So it sounds like we all had Christian McCaffrey there at some point, uh, and then all three of us had different uh, RBs for our other slots, so that's kind of awesome. Um, I have a feeling that we're not going to have different <laughs> wide receiver ones. Uh, 2005, Steve Smith, 103 receptions, 1,563 yards, 12 touchdowns, was the triple crown, uh, you know, led in all those categories. I think he tied in one, but uh, 
2005 Steve Smith doesn't get much better than that, especially for the Panthers. No, not at all. I had 2015 Philly Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, obviously. 20, 2005 Steve Smith, obviously. The same for you, David? Same for me here. Can't really debate against that one. Well, let's move to one that maybe we can debate. What's your uh, wide receiver two there, Dave? So I'm going uh, Muhammad, Sim Muhammad from 2004. Probably his best season with the Panthers. A uh, little over 1,400 yards, 93 catches, and 16 touchdowns. I mean, he and Steve Smith are probably the best duo the Panthers have had at wide receiver since the inception of the franchise, and it was a wonderful time watching them play together. Jerry? I absolutely agree. He was my number two. 93 receptions, 1,400 yards, 16 touchdowns. That's a heck of a season. Unfortunately, yeah, we didn't get them both in their prime at the same time. It looks like as soon as Steve Smith peaked, Moussin went to Chicago. That was such a sad thing. Well, that was also a time when the league was not so pass-happy and actually running a lot, so it's even more impressive to have those numbers you know, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. Hundred percent, and maybe this won't be interesting because I also had two thousand four <laughs> Muslim Muhammad. Uh, that was uh, his last great season. Uh, obviously, he went to Chicago, got the big money after two thousand four, and just did what receivers do in Chicago. Kind of died. Um, <laughs> but that was also the year that, uh, of course, Steve Smith got hurt. I believe that year, so it was Muhammad's team. Kerry Colbert, second leading receiver, uh, wide receiver for the Panthers that year. If you guys remember him. Mm-hmm. I remember Steve Smith bad mouthing him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all thought Kerry Colbert was going to be something, and then uh, that was pretty much the only good season he had. So, yeah. all right, uh, Jerry, I think we're on to tight end. I went 2015. Greg Olson, uh, 1100 yards, 77 receptions, seven touchdowns, led the team to the Super Bowl as the number one wide receiver, even though he was a tight end that year. I, I just had to hit, tip my cap to him. Yeah, same here. 2015 Olsen. Like, the franchise is only like 25 years old, yeah. people. So we don't have a ton to choose from here. But. <laughs> I, I looked for Wesley Walls to have a great season. I just couldn't find one that top that season. Yeah, I know. Well, that was a great season. I mean, you know, it's the, the middle of his three consecutive thousand-yard seasons. Uh, you know, again, a Super Bowl season for the Panthers that year. So, uh, yeah, 2015. Dave, anything different? Yeah. or? No, it's, I'm going Greg Olson as well. I think Wesley Wallace probably has more endearing memories just because we're farther removed from him, which is why people probably want to bring him up. But when you're talking about statistics, I mean, you got to go Greg Olson for that year, the Super Bowl run that they had. Agreed. All right. Um, O-line. So I don't know if we all did the same thing. I I just kind of chose a, an O-line unit here. Um and I went with 2008 O-line unit. Uh, we rushed for over, that was the, the uh, double trouble season, over 2,400 rushing yards, and only gave up 20 sacks that entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was, there are some other ones that are, that are great out there, but uh, I went 2008 for the entire unit. Dave, who you got? So I actually just went with an individual, Jordan Gross, from that year. I mean, mm-hmm. It was probably his best statistical year. Didn't allow a lot of guys to get around him. Obviously, being on the left side, protecting the quarterback is extremely important. Yeah, Jordan Gross is probably one of the top three linemen we've had in the history of the franchise, and I'm glad he's still sticking around to 
entertain us on Sundays. Yeah, I agree. And he looks uh, way different than he did in his playing days. (laughs) Yes, he does. I remember the first time I saw him after he retired, and I was like, who is that person with (laughs) giant ears? Like, oh, that's uh, Jordan Gross. Okay. Yeah, he looks so different, though. (laughs) He literally looks like half a Jordan Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to Joe Thomas, who retired and looks like a different man now. Yep. Yeah. Steven, what season did you say that was? 2008. Because I have 2009 as that year. I just want to say, I have the same thing. They blocked okay. for close to 2,500 rushing yards. So, And I just wanted to mention all of them. Jordan Gross, left tackle. Travell Wharton, left guard. Ryan Khalil, center. Kendrick Vincent, right guard. I don't even remember that name, but he was starting there. <laughs> and right tackle, Jeff Ota. All right. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, maybe they were great in both of those years. Um Let's move to defense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, who you got for defensive end? First defensive end spot. First defensive end is probably the least controversial, or one of the least controversial options here. 2006, going with Peppers. Okay. I feel like I came with Peppers for almost many year, but <laughs> right. 13 sacks, uh, 58 tackles, 18 tackles for loss. Even had a couple fumble recoveries, I believe. So, but just outside, of, you know, just the tenacity and the way he was able to just lead the locker room, I think the X factor and things off the field were probably just as important as what he did on the field. Can't go wrong there. Jerry, who you got? I went completely controversial. 2013, <laughs> Greg Hardy. 15 sacks, oh, 17 wow. tackles for loss, 29 quarterback hits. Most sacks out of the defensive end position for Carolina. That's uh, bold of you to go Greg Hardy. (laughs) Yeah. In these controversial times. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you can't can't knock the production. He had an incredible year. No, Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not going the year after or the offseason after. I'm just going on the field. Yeah, I, uh, I just didn't really even consider hardy uh in this exercise <laughs> and there's there's another player later on that i didn't consider that that we'll talk about but uh i also went julius peppers i went a different year uh 2004 julius peppers uh 11 sacks so not maybe not his greatest statistical season although he did have two interceptions uh which tied for the most he ever had and a t- uh, re- interception touchdown also had a fumble recovery touchdown uh but what i remember most from that season is his 101 yard interception return that mm. did not result in a touchdown, mm-hmm. a record, I believe that still stands. So yeah, 2004 J pep, uh, something I was kind of interested in when I was looking at his stats, I uh, didn't realize he was, he only made an all pro team three times. I thought that's Seems a little a surprising. Yeah. yeah. Nine time <laughs> pro bowler, but only three times all pro. Um, uh, let's move on to DE2, Jerry. Well, you guys picked Peppers the first round. I picked them the second one. 2008, Julius Peppers, 14 and a half sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and five forced fumbles. I like that we all had different J-Pep years. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so if we were going for a player, we know who would be the top pick. Yes, yeah. definitely. Right. Um, I went to 2003, Mike Rucker. As my second defensive end, 12 sacks, an interception. 
uh, and a Super Bowl team. So, uh, you know, I put a lot of emphasis on do you make it to the Super Bowl? And that was a great team. Uh, Ruck doesn't really get a ton of love from Panthers fans, especially casual Panthers fans. And uh, he was a beast. So, yeah, 2003 Mike Ruck. I actually went uh, 2010 going Charles Johnson here. Big money. Uh, 22 quarterback hits, 11 and a half sacks, 62 tackles. His best season average value for the entire 10 or so years that he played. And and just like Peppers, again, that off-the-field leadership and just what he brought to the field and didn't really take plays Mm -hmm. off unless he was injured. I respect him for what he did. Definitely, yeah, Charles Johnson. I'm glad. I'm glad one of us chose him because he definitely deserves to be mentioned. Um, all right, I will kick us to defensive tackle, uh, which I hope we have some different ones here. But I've got 2015 KK Short, uh, 11 sacks from the defensive tackle position is pretty amazing. Um, four pass defenses, not an All Pro that year, which I was kind of shocked at. Um, but, uh, yeah, 2015 KK Short Super Bowl team, obviously. So, uh, Dave, who you got? So we're going to go to 2002, Chris Jenkins. Big nice. man in the middle. Um, probably his one of his two best years along with 2003. Seven sacks, 44 tackles. Not amazing numbers, but he was a space eater, and he opened up holes for the linebackers to get through, and he caused a lot of double teams, which is very important when you're in that interior. So numbers don't tell the whole story in this one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I looked at him as well. I remember how much of a beast he was. I literally have 2015 KK Short, but 2002 Chris <laughs> Jenkins could really get this. I don't. It's a toss up. That's what I wrote in my little notes here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my other one's KK Short, so we're thinking on the <laughs> yeah. same lines tonight. Yep, yep. Well, you know, I mean, are there any others that are even worth mentioning in the? conversation of defensive tackle i think those i think are kind 2015 of star is worth a mention just as a space eater to free up kk to 11 sacks i mean once kk or star left i mean that's kk yeah. struggled since he's left yeah that's true um all right i think i led that one off so david corner cornerback cornerback Oh, wow. So we're going to go way back with this one. 1996, Eric Davis. Wow. So wow. some people remembering, listening, may not even remember that or even have been alive when he was playing for the Panthers at that time. Um, lots of tackles, interceptions. He was the leader of the defense before Mike Minner showed up. Yeah, I can't really say enough about him. He was fun to watch. He really got me excited as a young kid at that point to want defenses to get interceptions. So I still have my jersey. It's probably at my parents' house somewhere in a closet, but I have my jersey of him hanging up somewhere. That's awesome. I, yeah. That was not a name that I even looked at, but I do remember him. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Jerry? I went 2005 Chris Gamble. Damn it, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, that's the second one. <laughs> Seven interceptions, one. 76 tackles. Now, I did debate between a... 2015 Josh Norman, but the interceptions got me on Chris Gamble there. Yeah, I went 2005 Chris Gamble as well, but I will mention 2015 Josh Norman just because, mm. you know, I think he's definitely in this conversation. Um, yeah. Four interceptions, 
two touchdowns that season. He was an all-pro, uh, 56 tackles, and got him the big contract. Yeah, people people weren't passing his way that year. So yeah, his interceptions could have yep. been up. Absolutely, yeah. I uh, Of course, we all remember uh, David Gettleman kind of mm-hmm. just letting him go. So, David, what do you think about that decision? Did, did you, at the time, how did you feel about oh, that? At the, at the time, I was unhappy looking back. I mean, it makes sense, but Gettleman yeah. didn't want to pay him the big money, and Washington was willing to. It was really funny because he had that offer, and it was rescinded supposedly like a couple days before he was going to sign it, which mm-hmm. made me furious at the time. Right. It was not a happy camper with Gettleman. Well, as we saw that se- that next season, we really could have used him. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, we, we had pretty bad secondary. Um, yeah, it's Darryl kind of funny. Worley and a very, very raw James Bradbury starting. Oh, my God. Daryl Worley. That's a name that I never <laughs> want to hear again. Um, kind of funny to see Gettleman go after Bradbury, you know, for basically yes. the same contract <laughs> that he was not willing to give Norman. Uh, Norman, maybe obviously, from his mistakes. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to. I've got middle linebacker next, Jerry. Um, twenty thirteen, Luke Keekley, defensive player of the year, hundred and fifty six total tackles, two sacks, ten tackles for loss. He had a great year. I mean, defensive player of the year. I mean, if the whole league recognizes you, it's hard mm-hmm. not to recognize yeah. you. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, probably the. That's probably the obvious one. I went 2015, Luke, um, just because, again, I give a little more credence to a Super Bowl season. Um, four interceptions that year, 118 tackles, one sack. He was an all-pro. Um, so, yeah, I, I give the 2015 version of Luke the nod. What about you, David? So I actually had 13, so I'll just go in the middle and say 2014 when he had 12 <laughs> passes defended, 153 tackles, just to throw out something different. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean – that whole era of Luke Keekley was unimaginable, and no one's going to come close to touching that. I mean, uh, if you look at his rookie season, it was still amazing. Like, you yeah. can still put those numbers against 2013, 2014, and 2015. It's so, he was such an incredible player. Yeah. Last year, I don't think was among his best seasons, but uh, I think he still was considered maybe, if not the best, right up there. But uh, we're going to miss him. We're yes. going to miss him. Um, Although, he might be coming back as a scout. So, if he yeah, is on the field, I want to good. talk about that a little bit. So, for me, when I first saw that, I thought, oh, no. Like, what a waste of his talents to be a scout. <laughs> I was kind of hoping he'd come back and coach the linebackers or be like a special assistant or something like that. Be on the sidelines every game and be with the guys. But I guess maybe it's what he wants to do. Um I don't know. What do you guys think about about Luke coming back as a scout? I'm happy just to have him still in the organization around guys. I think that's going to be a positive influence for not just the linebacking core, but the team in general. But, I mean, if he's half as good as a scout as he is a player, I'm excited for he's going to recommend the team to sign. He'll be the best scout there ever was. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Jerry? What do you think? Oh, I'm I'm excited to have him back in the organization. However, he wants to do it. If he wants to dress up as Sir Purr, I'm happy with that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah, I, I obviously would prefer him to be a scout than go like into the broadcast booth or something where we just lose his mind entirely. Um, so I don't know. I think it's my turn. We'll go with outside linebacker. Uh, I went again that same 2015 team. Thomas Davis. Uh, 
five and a half sacks, 105 tackles, four interceptions. First time he was an, a pro bowler and he was an all pro that year. So 2015, Thomas Davis. David, who you got? Um, gosh, same thing. 2015, Thomas Davis. Yeah. I also actually went with you know, the Super Bowl year. A lot of these guys tend to have that 15 season when everybody was playing at the top of their game. Right. Jerry? I like sacks. 1998, Kevin Green. There you go. 15 sacks, 53 tackles. They didn't keep track of tackles for losses back in 1998. But I'm sure there was a lot of them. (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Green because I was going to throw his name out there for sure. I remember back when I first started watching football and the Panthers just kind of came in, Kevin Green and Lamar Latham, those two were just Mm. terrorized the backfield. Lamar Latham. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yes. I remember Kevin Green's flowing golden locks. Yes. And just instantly falling in love with him as my favorite player. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, let's move to safety. David, kick us off. Well, so if we go strong safety, going 2002, Mike Venter. Mm. I've actually had the privilege of meeting him and working with him briefly for a short time, which was a lot of fun. He's a great guy off the field. But he was leader of the secondary for his time in the organization. That was his best year, 85 tackles. Not, uh, I think, four or five interceptions. I'm not quite sure. Not amazing, but he was always in the box trade to hit somebody. Nice. Jerry? Yeah. I really like uh, Mike Minner. And just let you know, he's actually a head coach of the Campbell Fighting Camels right now. Go Fighting Camels. Exactly. I just wanted to say Fighting Camels (laughs) once on this air. Uh, I went 2015, <laughs> 2015, Kurt Coleman, seven interceptions, 55 tackles, five tackles for loss. I remember that year when ever like quarterbacks uh, hit and threw the ball up, you always expected Coleman to come down with an interception. Love that. Yeah, Kurt Coleman was great. Um, I also went Mike Minner, but I went a different season. I went 2003 Mike Minner. Um, and, and I agree that I think his best season might have been 2002. Uh, but he did have uh, two touchdowns in 2003 and 97 tackles, um, which was, I think, his second most tackles ever. Uh, but Mike Minner, I just wanted to say, from 1999 to 2006, played every single game other than two. And that That's is, amazing. for an NFL player, just remarkable. So Mike Minner, uh, Carolina was his only team also. So uh, Jerry... Kicker, your favorite, your favorite position on the team. <laughs> I went 2019 Joey Slide. No. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> that that was actually Steven's bit. Uh, 2008 John Casey. He went 28 out of 31, 90% field goal made, 100% extra points at 39 years of age. I remember. Reese Lloyd was probably there to kick off and do those super long kicks. But to be 39 and still that accurate, still drilling 50 yards or and inside is amazing. So I gave it to him. So John Casey is the other player that I disqualified from my oh, list no. here. I, I took him out because of the Super Bowl. I fully <laughs> blame him for that 2003 Super Bowl loss. <laughs> Um, so I went to 2013 Graham Gano, 
Uh, not his greatest uh, statistical season, but I found it super impressive that he was six for six from 50 plus yards, uh, 24, 27 overall and hundred percent on extra points. So I, yeah, if I could have 2013 Graham Gano for any season, I'd take it. Okay. So I'm going with Jerry on this one, 2008 John Casey. And one thing that he mentioned that I love is he was 39 years old doing this. He's yeah. older than at the time. He was older than I am right now. Sometimes I get out of bed. I'm like, why does this hurt? And he's out there kicking <laughs> 40, 50 yard field goals. And he's older than I am now, which is amazing. But yeah, he's, he's a guy who I loved watching Mr. Reliable. And it's great that, you know, he's still around the organization. He's still in Charlotte. Yeah. John Casey is hands down probably one of my favorite guys on the team. All love for John Casey from me. All love but, here. Uh, he, he was Except definitely for that season. Definitely disqualified from my list <laughs> due to ripping my heart out and giving a short field to Tom Brady. Um, all right, I will go with punter. Uh, this was a fun one for me actually because uh, I got to relive some Todd Sauerburn highlights. Yes, <laughs> two thousand one Todd Sauerburn. Uh, just a beastly year, uh, 47 and a half yards per punt, a long of 73, and I believe his only all-pro season, but just remembering Todd Sauerbrunn and seeing some of those hits that he used to deliver as a punter <laughs> was just so much fun and completely worth this entire exercise. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah, who you got, Dave? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Just Obviously, the punting, the leg, he was good, but yeah, what the highlights of him just flying down the field and just nailing that smaller guy on the sideline, <laughs> just laying him out. It made you get out of your chair and just jump and cheer because yeah. it's not usually what a puncher is doing. They usually just kind of hang back as the last line of defense, but he was trucking down the field. Jerry, who you got? Tic-tac-toe, three in a row. 2001 Todd <laughs> Sauerbrunn, 47 and a half yards, punt, yards per punt. And would light up anyone who tried to return it past him. That is yeah. what I wrote. Ah. Yeah, love it, love it. He was a beast before he got caught with PEDs. I don't know what yes. happened. Well, you know, probably had something to do with why he was a beast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. Might have helped right. a little bit. Let's finish it off here. David, you've got the honors. Uh, special okay. teamer. Can be anything on special teams. Wow, there's so many ways this could go, but... I'm going old school, 1999 Michael Bates, the Olympic track star. Every time he got it, you just knew he was just going to take off, and it was just electrifying to watch. Not the best statistical season in the world, but, man, he was just so much fun. I think he had almost 1,300 yards of kick returns of 52, so, I mean, yeah. not amazing, but still a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Jerry, who you got? I got a very young, a rookie Probably was very angry at this time. 2001 Steve Smith. Mm. Seven, nice. 1,795 return yards that year between punt and kick returns. Three touchdowns on those. Three return kicks or wow. two kickoffs and one punt return for touchdowns. We haven't had one in years, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also going old school. Uh, 1996 Michael Bates. Uh, which I went 96 just because 30.2 average on kick returns. 30.2 yards. That's yards. a third that, of the that's... field. That's a third <laughs> of the field. Uh, only one touchdown. He was an all pro. 
Uh, Michael Bates with the Panthers every year, Pro Bowler, every single yes. year. So amazing. I do want to break some news to you guys. Luke Keekley is officially a new Panthers Pro Scout. Hey. That, that just happened. So, that is awesome. Sir Purr has his job for now. <laughs> <laughs> That's step one in Luke's uh, diabolical plan to take over uh, the costume. I have to trade in my Luke Keekley jersey for a uh, Luke Keekley polo or something. All right, there you go. Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> just All on right. the back of the polo, right? Pro Scout. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Well, this was awesome. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we've all put together teams that would uh, rival any in certainly Panthers history and probably a lot of NFL teams' histories. Definitely. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Uh, what's your what's y'all's favorite Panthers team of all time? I mean, are we all going 2015? Oh. I guess and no. And yeah, in terms of fun, yeah. I I don't think you'll find much better. But Dave, please. What, no, what you, so yeah. definitely 2015 is at the top. But I gotta say, in 2003, I was I mean, obviously everybody was a lot younger, but I was still young, and just watching my favorite team go to the Super Bowl for the first time was just invigorating. So that's an experience and a memory I won't forget. But just in terms of a year, I think I'll still probably go with 2015. I agree. Yeah, 2003 may be my favorite Panthers memory. I just remember being at my mom's house i mean i was out of high school but not much out of high school and just having all of my friends come to the house and we all sat around watched the game lived and died with every play that second half was so much Mm -hmm. fun um but yeah 2015 just the whole season the high the 15 in a row uh you know blowing out playoff teams and then just you know landing with a thud there at the end killer but that you know, one we may never see a season like that again as Panthers fans, and it was just yeah. amazing. Yeah, 2015, hands down. It was just way too much fun. Every game seemed like just you were just smiling ear to ear. Mm-hmm. Oh. The dab, the team pictures. You know, they kind of kind of started the trend of the team pictures, which I sort of hate now. But you know, <laughs> it was fun at the time when the Panthers were doing it. So it was still new at the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right, well, Jerry, uh, you got anything else to add before we kind of kick off here? No, that's all I've got. Okay, David, anything to plug or uh, uh, anything you want to? You've got the last word here. Wow, last word. I feel very honored for that. <laughs> Goodness, got to come something inspirational here. No, I'm just really excited for football to hopefully come back this fall and we have a full season. I would like that even if fans aren't allowed in stadiums, please be able to sit at home and watch it on TV. It would be nice to have, hopefully. Things will be calmed down, and we can actually go sit in the stadium, even if we have to be a few seats apart from each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, a real quick question for you. Uh, yeah. pipe, piped in fan noise, yes or no? Oh, gosh. So I I was always against that, but because it seems so fake, and it's just dishonest yeah. to the game. At the same time, if it helps the game feel better, if the players like it more because they practice with it, go for it. Just whatever helps get football back, I'm for it right now. Elena so, will be used to it. Right. <laughs> so you would say uh, only if they're actually using it in the stadium, not just for the broadcast. Would that be fair to yes, say all, for you? Okay. Yes. If they just use it for a broadcast, that's that's hypocrisy there. Yeah, uh, I was really for it to be at the beginning, just because I think it would make the experience of watching the game 
more authentic. Um, mm-hmm. But the more I hear like players and coaches talk about, well, specifically players, not so much coaches. I think they don't want this, but like having the guys mic'd up and the sounds of the game and, you know, hearing the coaches talk to the players and things like that, just be a very interesting season. So um, I'm way more excited about that possibility than, you know, some piped in fan fair noise. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like yeah. You're to what I, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, here you go. You're saying it's just what the XFL did. I mean, Coaches, you know, they were mic'd up. You could hear them call plays. You had player interviews right after a touchdown. Yeah. And it was fun. It was different. So I would not mind players mic'd up. Yeah. Yes, and Jerry, you know, you get all the credit. You know, you did have that <laughs> that way of thinking before I came around to your side. Trailblazer. Right. Yeah, he's, he was, he's jumping ship now that Deshaun Jackson suggested it. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Jackson. I've, I'll model all of my, uh, all of my thoughts are after Deshaun Jackson. Oh, at least you admit it now. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope we can do this again one day. Maybe as the season gets closer, uh, we can do some preview stuff. But, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you joining us. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. All, All right. right. Well, that's it, everybody. So uh, we will see you in a few weeks. Um, we'll figure out some something to talk about. Sounds like the season might be uh, actually coming. The training camp starting probably next month. So, uh, we will be back at some point, and uh, Jerry, give our spiel on how to reach out to us. Well, if you have a suggestion, uh, just like the one we just did, you can reach us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at meowmixpodcast, and yeah, you know, stay safe out there the way everything's going on, you know, the locusts are coming. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, check out uh, Sports Talk Garage podcast as well. David, what's the Twitter uh, handle for that? Uh, Twitter for that is Sports Garage Pod, P-O-D. All right, yep. Check them out on Twitter. Check them out on uh, your podcast app of choice. And until we are back, everyone, stay safe and keep pounding. Wow.